hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 13 of the College Loop Podcast. Tar, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the fact that Daniel hadn't even plugged his mic in, and you weren't even looking. You said, all right, three, two, one, let's rock. Hey, that's oh. okay. We'll roll with it. <laughs> My bad. Uh, y'all both no, in a good. hurry. So I'm just <laughs> trying to get us in and out. Uh, we are li- – this is the quickest we've ever had a podcast right after a game. Like, we are – this is like minutes after Auburn just beat LSU in basketball. Got to mention it's basketball because last time Tar went full ninth grade English teacher on me for just saying Auburn. <laughs> but I feel like we're all used to it now. We start off with basketball. But, yeah, Auburn basketball went into the Bayou or Baton Rouge and took down the LSU Tigers 67-49 to in the coming out party of one – Leor Berman. What a big game for Leor, man. Um, really, uh, I mean, starting to starting to really see his minutes uptick after uh, Chris Moore, Simo goes down on injury. And uh, what, what was that final stat line? I know you want to read it out loud. Eight points and on uh, one of two from three, three or four from the floor. And, man, just a physical presence on defense. Great backdoor cut uh, in the first half. I mean, that was a textbook um, to get to the basket. And, uh, I mean, what a, what a great game from Leor Berman. I had a handful of things I wanted to talk about. We'll run through it. I'm going to ask you guys about. I've actually got the old school, wrote down notes while I was watching the game today, which is pretty unlikely, unlike me. I usually am yeah, more that makes watching one of us the today. Game. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm usually old school or not old school. I'm usually uh, watching the game and then analyzing based on stat line and, and vibes. Um, but first and foremost, I kind of want to start with the fact that I think the LSU might stink a little worse than we thought they might have. Um, we, we kind of knew that they weren't that good. They were pretty sus coming into uh, – after getting into SEC play. Um, but you got to respect any team on the road. And Auburn's historically not good at playing sports in general in Baton Rouge. Uh, it's kind of just kind of where Auburn, Auburn Auburn teams go to die. But if you if you look at, at the margins here, um, second chance points, man. I mean, LSU just rebounded so piss poor. Uh, it's it, it is remarkable. Janai Broom – ran the paint um tonight and now he didn't have a he didn't have an eye popping game um only had six rebounds uh and, and and actually only dropped four points but his presence alone uh he was he was such a dominant figure and i thought i thought Dylan Cardwell played pretty well tonight um seven rebounds uh, only four points but two assists and uh only played 17 minutes because of uh, an apparent injury which he clearly got over but uh, it looked like maybe dehydration cramp there is a stat line that's missing on Dylan Cardwell's stat sheet. Uh, it should be so it's four points, seven rebounds, two assists, two blocks. With it should be like one body. Yeah, that, that stat's missing. Because one 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 basketball player baptized. <laughs> Call him a uh, Pastor Dylan. As <laughs> that's right. What a what a what a game for for Cardwell. Um, all around. Um, Katie Johnson didn't look bad. I didn't think he looked terrible. Um, I thought he looked competent. Zeb Jasper looked competent. Uh, and guys. Here's where I'm going to open up the floor. How freaking crazy good is Wendell Green Jr.? I mean, uh, his stat line is nothing like absurd to write home about tonight. 14 points on uh, one of three from, from three, five, 14 from the field. But, you know, perfect from the charity stripe, four rebounds, four assists. And, and I mean, Auburn's just so much better when he's on the floor. Yeah, it's unheard of how, how good Auburn is at the guard position whenever Wendell Green is on, on the court. 
I do wonder, uh, are, is this coming from Janai Broom? Uh, he's been, so he scored single digit points the past two games after what double doubles four games in a row. Right. Are defenses starting to get a little wary of him and start double teaming him whenever they see him in the paint? Cause now they don't even. Well, I think Will Cruz, when he was on was on the college loop of, uh, last week, I think he brought up a really good point um, about Janai Broom. To this point, to, to last week's point, <laughs> no one had been able to stop him the last week. Now teams are starting to realize he's going to go up with that left hand. He's, he's, got, he's got that move to the left. Uh, there's not a ton of diversity under the rim. Um, uh, no, don't get me wrong. I still think Janai Broom can do a lot of really, really good things. I think he's, a, he's an elite-level player in the SEC. I just I, I do think you're right that they're more able to scheme for him. But the more you scheme for Auburn inside and the better this team's starting to shoot, which we're seeing them shoot better and better from the field and from beyond the arc game by game, the harder this team's getting to defend. So I, I think that a quiet night, a couple of quiet nights in a row uh, from Janai is not too much of a panic. Do you think, uh, Daniel, would you would you panic yet? No. <clears throat> and um, like I said, kind of all my points for this game um, on my. Monday night, I said it was going to be a race, 65 points. That panned out. Sure enough, it was. And then, obviously, I agree with the point of Wendell Garbley. Um, he led it, and he is Auburn's best guard. There's no question about that. Um, Jalen Williams, solid night. Uh, I think, like, 14 or 15 points. Quietly 14. Back yep. full circle here to the night room thing. Um, no, it's not time to panic. Um the one thing LSU has kind of been able to do pretty well this year and uh, see if things they haven't been able to do well this year is defend down low. Um, that's really their one strength. And, you know, just it was a bad matchup for Bruno tonight. Um, South Carolina is not very good at defending the ball down low, not really solid in the paint. So it didn't struggle Saturday. Then – maybe it's time to think a little bit. But as of right now, no. I'm with you. Um, and 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 you know what? Uh, kind of transferring over, we're talking about trends of recent players. Now, I, I want to talk about a guy for a second who, who who did foul out and only had eight points tonight. But I think I am ready to say Alan Flanagan's back. Um, I think that I think that, that conversation is here now. Um, what a contributor Alan Flanagan has been over the past couple of weeks. Uh, what a key point to this team's success. And to to a degree, it looks like he's not going off on a limb anymore. He's stepping up into confident shots. Um, he's he's stepping up into, into confident rolls off of picks. He said he's setting good screens. He's making good decisions when to pass, when to pump fake. I think this is the best form of Alan Flanagan we've seen it since twenty twenty, and that that's big. Um, guys, is am I crazy to think that Auburn could finish second in the SEC right now? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, you have uh, Kentucky beating Tennessee, and I think this Kentucky team is one of the I don't the worst we've seen in the hot minute. Uh, I mean, Bama's Bama right now, and you hate to see it, honestly. But I think right now Auburn is that second team, and you're looking at uh, Texas A&M right now, who's also undefeated in the conference. But I mean, I don't think A&M is. I think that their record doesn't really show how good how. What's the word I'm looking for here? Their record kind of overrates them a little bit. Texas A&M. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, but I, I think all, I don't think it's too far to stretch to say Auburn right now is the second best team in the SEC, especially if they start finding that confidence that we've seen in the out of these trends over the past few weeks. Uh, I think starting since the Ole Miss game, I think uh, ever since they got uh, that win in Oxford, I think this has been a much better shooting team. It's been a much better team overall. And I mean, you can only go up from here. I don't know 
winning when do we play Alabama? Is it Alabama uh, February, is February 11th? March 1st. Oh. Yep. So you got, we, got, we got a month. March 1st. Yep. We got a, and, a lot of the month. And and to to Auburn's benefit, actually, you have a lot of basketball that you can win a lot of games between now and then, you would think. Um, yeah. and, and guys, it's way too soon to talk about this right now, but we'll talk about it when we get to the Kentucky week. Uh, this is a this is a team I think is going to probably quite possibly break that streak and, and rub. And let me tell you why. Um, this is transitioning nicely into into our preview for the South Carolina game Re- very quickly. We're going to talk about Real that. Quick, before, before you get into that, I just want to say the battle for second the SEC comes down the February 4th and March 4th. Absolutely. But Auburn, Tennessee, it, it's and it's going to be whoever wins the, the whoever either if that if that's a split, I think it favors Auburn. Um, and the, but otherwise, I think whoever sweeps wins that series. Um, I, I personally think it'll probably be a home victory and a home victory for it probably be a split. That makes the most sense to me if Auburn can win one of those two games. Um, and I'm not throwing shade. It just depends on which version shows up. But kind of building on to my next point as we go into the to the preview session, just a quick preview um, about South Carolina. Um, this team finally put a team on the, on the rearview mirror. And, and we have been screaming this for the past couple of weeks, how important it is for you to go in and, and, and excuse my language for a second here, Dylan, effectively kick somebody's ass. Um, and no, I, I'm serious. You, it, it needed to be done. Um, you needed to go out on the road and assert the fact that, damn it, we're not the team that you think that cannot can, cannot win on the road. And, and, and Auburn did that. It did take them a little while to understand they can do it. Uh, when you get back from half, I don't, I don't, can't quite remember what the score was at half, but I feel like it was a double digit lead, and that quickly became a two point lead at five minutes into the second half. But something awoke in Lior Berman, and this team just blew blew him out of the water. It was almost a twenty. It was eighteen point win. Kind of, you kind of want those two points just for the the nice uh, score uh, differential, uh, just to get the twenty points. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I think there's been a long time coming. Uh, this team has the talent, and it's better than half the teams that's been playing. We should not be seeing Auburn winning and Starkville by only six points. I feel like that should should and based on the stat line, that should have been a double digit win in Starkville, but it just wasn't. And same thing with Ole Miss. I can't remember how much that was, but it felt like it should have been a whole lot uh, bigger difference in score. I think you mean uh, you mean it should have been uh, a little bit uh, further out uh, out in yeah actually Mississippi State was at home. Uh, Ole Miss oh, yeah. was, was on the road, and that was that was a, a nine uh, excuse me yeah nine point victory, but it was a six point victory against a, a Mississippi State team at home when you're defending. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. The message still carries. Um, this team's got a really big opportunity to build and, and possibly blow out another team on Saturday in South Carolina. And, and, and Daniel hinted at this earlier. This is a team that does not fend, uh, defend well in the, in the painted area. Daniel, how does Auburn get it done against a very, very bottom-of-the-barrel rebuild uh, South Carolina Gamecocks team on Saturday? Yeah. So the big thing there, obviously, Janai Broom. Um, That's where it starts. That's where it ends. Also, Dylan Cardwell. Uh, limit turnovers. Um, limit your unnecessary fouls. Get the ball inside. Don't take unnecessary shots, and you win, and you win comfortably. Because this South Carolina team is worse than LSU. I, I thoroughly believe that. Oh, light years, light um, years. 
Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. So I think that if Auburn just goes and takes care of business, uh, we get the start my birthday off with a dub. That's right. (laughs) celebrating one um daniel Locke, and and if you look gregory jackson second is is the leading scorer for the gamecocks averaging 15.1 a game also also averaging 16 6.6 excuse me 6.6 rebounds a game he's kind of he's kind of your 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 key to success there so it's going to be the forward play once again which is the third matchup in a row that we're talking about the importance of forwards the importance of Jalen williams and to this to this point now that hybrid 2-3 role of leor berman now um being able to to, to play lockdown defense and, and provide uh, good minutes. As we transition over to women's basketball, my last note for men's hoops, Dylan, was it's time to start talking to your kids about uh, increasingly or Berman's minutes. Oh, baby. <laughs> Give, <laughs> get him in more often. I think that a a uh, start like a one through three of Zepp Jasper, Katie Johnson, and Leor Berman would just annoy the ever-living crap out of an opposing team. Those three guys play at those uh, like those annoying kids you play at the wreck. Who, when they play defense, they just <laughs> never get off of you. Like, I'm looking just, at you, Caleb Jones. <laughs> and you're just like, get off me, dude. But they, you can't score any points because you can't get any free space. And I know KD Johnson, he plays with that kind of energy. But like Zeb Jasper, he, he was annoying some point guards. I, I would, some explicitives would have came out of my mouth if I was being <laughs> blocked by Zeb Jasper or Leor Berman. Cause I'm just like, dude, please get off of me. That's just kind of defense they play, and I love it. Oh, I agree. Uh, let's let's flip over to women's basketball. I'm going to cut you loose here, Daniel. I'm going to let you let you talk. I'm just going to run through real quick. Um, they're playing a Mississippi State team that we were a little little skeptic. They're uh, 13 and five. We thought we're going to probably be a little better um, than they are right now in what we could call the Coach J homecoming parade. Um, believe, correct me if I'm wrong. It's her first time playing on the road in Starkville since she's been head coach at Auburn. Uh, so, pretty big opportunity for Auburn to get on the board here. Because this game sandwiched uh, in, in between uh, a couple of tough ones, you've got uh, you got I mean you've got Ole Miss coming up after that, so that's a winnable one, and then you got Kentucky later. So um, how does uh, how does Auburn get it done this weekend? And uh, is there uh, then, then we got a mailbag question to the, the, we'll open up the floor, but uh, Daniel, it's yours. All right, so this women's basketball team's biggest strength is still getting the ball inside, and that's just kind of I think going to remain a thing all year. Hopefully, they'll be healthy, meaning that honestly, Scott Grayson and Aisha Kulabali will both be playing and hopefully playing full minutes. Um, and I really feel like that's Auburn's best shot at pulling out a win in Starkville is to be at 100%. Also, the three shooting against LSU wasn't bad. So if you can like kind of continue that momentum, build off of it, uh, I feel like a win in Starkville is definitely doable. Um, saying that in 2017 would make no sense, but you know, here we are in 2023, and you know, anything's possible. But Living in like the world you said, of Don Staley, sandwiched in between... right? Um, 
is sandwiched in between a lot of tough games. So your wins are going to be very, very hard to come by. So anytime you have a chance to get one, you have to take advantage of it. And that's going to be the difference between two or three conference wins or five or six. Heard that, man. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and to your point about the conference wins and wins being tough to come by, had a had a pretty good question, uh, mailbag question. That I, sent, I think I sent you guys a, a little earlier um, from Harrison on Twitter. It's not me. It's a different Harrison at AU Barnfire. Uh, his question was, how long are we looking at for the women's basketball rebuild? Um, Daniel, I'm going to let you go first, and we'll work our way around this one real quick. Um, and it doesn't have to take too much time, but just want to get your thoughts, and then Dylan, get yours, and I'm, I'll be you know happy to share mine because nobody asked, but I'll tell you anyways. Sure. So I feel like the big thing on this year is don't finish worse than last year. Um, at least show some sort of progress, whether that's one more conference win or simply just looking better down the stretch or winning a game in Greensboro um, with, or Greenville, I mean, sorry, uh, in the SEC tournament would accomplish that. Then that sets you up well. This class next year who has talent will be a year older, more recruits coming in. This roster will get closer to being a full SEC roster, um, which Auburn just hasn't really had the past few seasons. Um, next year, I think you're pushing to be around middle of the pack in the SEC. Then the year after that, if you keep building on that momentum, I feel like you could be pushing to make the um, women's tournament. I uh, I, I, um, I don't I know if that's that. what our friend Harrison can fully rebuilt, but I, I guess the simplest answer is it depends on what your terms of rebuild is. If you're just <laughs> talking getting to the women's tournament, I think three years. I uh, I like that answer a lot actually. Um, so you 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 think we're three years out? from Auburn women's hoops being back to being a perennial sure. tournament contender. I, I like that. Um, Dylan would be interested to hear your thoughts and then I'll, and then I'll share mine and flip it over to you for the remainder of uh, going down our stretch, if you will. I, I like the, I like the three years. I'd like two, three years to Auburn's back to being the tournament team. That's a good question by, uh, by your burner account there, Tar. Yeah. I, if only <laughs> and this guy has uh, Harrison's also from Macon, Georgia. Get this. Like I'm not even uh, kidding. So, so if, if you got to, Put more mailbag questions out there because you got you see what you're doing to this man. He is making burner accounts, so we have mailbag <laughs> questions true. to answer like, on the podcast. You got <laughs> y'all got to get more questions to this man. You look what you're doing to him. I did find out who AU Barn Trooper was this weekend, but we'll keep his identity a secret because I know it's a burner. It was a bummer too. It was a bummer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tar, how long are we out from uh, completing this rebuild? Uh, I think like Daniel said, it really depends on what you classify a rebuild as. Um, I think that this team um, is certainly another year out from being um, in the middle of the pack in the SEC. I think from being a team that could be jockeying for a spot um, in the NCAA tournament, you're looking at 2025. Um, and and that's probably going to be the make or break year for Coach Jay anyways. Um, if you're not in the tournament by 2025, it, you know, it may be time to move forward. I don't think that. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I don't think anyone in the Zoom call thinks that's going to happen right now. Um, but that would probably be my benchmark um, just because you watch what happened under Coach Flournoy um, and, and and that lasted just it drug out forever. Um, and, and you don't want that to happen again. I don't think it will. I think 2025 is probably going to be the make or break year. If they're not showing signs of life this year at toward the end, at, at any point next year is getting that whole, that whole timeline could get bumped back another year. Um, but next year you've got to be at least in a top two thirds of the SEC to show noticeable progress. So, 
That being said, Dylan, I know that there's a couple other things you want to talk about before we get to uh, your like last, believe it or not, football's gonna be the shortest part today. Um, I think and I got a couple other things to talk about, but I will give you the rest of the rundown and let you move our way, navigate our way through the world. What do you say? I'm with it. Uh, so starting off with one of the sports Auburn is really good at, that's right. Uh, gymnastics, they compete on Saturday. And if you're a fan of the podcast, they can be uh, on Friday, actually. Huh? Oh, Friday. Friday actually. Sorry. My weekend's all kinds of jumbled up right now, but it's going to be on Friday. And if you're a fan of the podcast and of us, we'll be there. We're going to be right there watching SUNY Lee, Darren Groborn, uh, Sophia, Sophia Groff. Groff. Just there's, we're going to be right there in it, screaming, yelling, doing backflips with them. You know, what's up, Dan? You you're are muted, muted Daniel. Just a little shameless plug. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. I will be providing updates courtesy of Legal 91. Oh, there you go. So. You get you some live updates from Daniel at Daniel J. Locke on Twitter. Definitely check that out. Yeah, we'll be on site. Um, ready for possibly, what is this? What will this be? Sunishali 6 Perfect 10 at Auburn Arena, I think. Yeah. I'll, double check, I'll, fact, I'll fact check that. Uh, by Saturdays or after she records whatever number Perfect 10 it is on Friday. Um, but <laughs> A uh, lot, lot of upside for this team. I don't think Arkansas is as good. I mean, the SEC is deep, um, but this should be a pretty fun um, home environment for Auburn. Um, and we talked about it. The the bummer loss to Florida last week um, probably is a little bit different in the jungle, right? Um, not that it matters that much, but there is that energy level. And uh, this this national championship caliber team should be excited to get back home. It's going to be a fun one. And just to move on to the next sport on the rundown, we're getting mighty close to some diamond sports being very prevalent on this show as well. You're not, you are, you're absolutely right about that. Um, Auburn baseball is Daniel Auburn baseball is so criminally underrated going into this year. Oh, yeah, um, it's bad. It, it, it is ridiculous to me how Hey Joseph Gonzalez and Hayden Mullins are going to be on the mouth <laughs> and, and people can really look me in the eye and tell me that Auburn's not going to be in the top eight. Of the SEC. Like, what the hell are we doing? Hey, that's yeah. going to be the best one-two punch baseball has seen since Sale and Pavetta in 2018. Hey, that rhyme. <laughs> this is going to be an awesome rotation. Play. This rotation is going to be very, very good. I know that you lose Burkhalter, you lose uh, Skipper, and uh, and, and, the, and the bullpen, but you, you think that Armstrong's probably going to, going to have a back year, a, a big year. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Allsup's back, right? Yep. Um, I mean, there's there's a ton of talent in, in in this bullpen, and that's where the question lies. It's not the fielding. Fielding's not gonna be a problem. Uh, and offense is not gonna be a problem. Um, so I was I was a little surprised that that Auburn was so criminally underrated. And and it's not gonna surprise you, Dylan, but Lindsey Crosby was not happy about it. <laughs> what the baseball guy wasn't happy about Auburn being. Let me point this out. We've not mentioned it yet. Auburn is unranked <clears throat> in every baseball poll. And we've been to Omaha, what, twice in, in the past like, three times? Three, three years, twice in three years, the past four and, years, but three, yeah. three occasions. Yeah. So Auburn is unranked, and uh, there are about eight teams in the top 10 or 17 top 10 for baseball in the SEC. Well, let's not forget that uh, last year, how many was it, seven or eight teams in the SEC made regional or, or better? Excuse me. Yeah, the SEC is just loaded in baseball. But yeah, Alabama is, at twenty is ridiculous. Oh, it's blasphemy! Like, 
what? Or this list, the list doesn't make sense to me. In my opinion, um, also, most of these lists have LSU around 10. I think LSU is probably the top five team in the country this year. I think they're that good. Um, I, I think Arkansas is probably not as good as we thought that they or they think we think that we're gonna they're gonna be because that seems to be their MO. And Vandy's due to be back this year. Um, all of this is offensive to me. The only the only team I'll, I'll give a free pass to is I, I think Ole Miss will probably still be pretty dang good. Um, but the fact that all of the oh dude, I'm so angry. <laughs> Sources are telling me that uh Bama fans think that uh Coach Bohannon is the Nick Saban of baseball. Well, also, oh, no way. Nate Oates is also the Nick, Nick Saban of basketball. Just asking. I'm joking about the Bahana thing. It's more of a dig at the Nate Oates thing. But to go from some bad news, not bad news. I like when Auburn's not ranked and stuff. Oh, a, Auburn baseball a, thrives when they're when they're underrated. By the way, as they a thrive. as a long term Auburn athletics fan, I love being underrated. And 2010, Auburn was 23rd in the nation at the first poll, and we won the national championship. I love it when Auburn's not in the top 10 of anything, except especially in the preseason polls. But to go from some that news to some good news, Frank Thomas' the statue will be, will be unveiled on April 8th versus the Big Hurt. A&M. Yeah, Big Hurt, part of the famous trio of Barkley, Bo, and the Big Hurt. And you know what? We need more statues of baseball. I want a Greg Olson statue. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, we we got a statue to build, build in front of Auburn Arena before we can talk about anything else. <laughs> Jabari Smith, uh, Vicky Orr, but yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah, build a statue of everybody. Sydney Lee is getting one. Uh, Darren Go. Oh, that that should one. happen. It's gonna happen. I think <laughs> might have to name one of the coliseums after. <laughs> you're so not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, going on from baseball to softball, Tigers are ranked nine, number 19 in the D1 softball preseason poll, which is still eighth in the SEC. Are you got thoughts on that? The SEC is loaded. Um, I think Auburn's going to be a contender this year. I think they'll probably Daniel, you tell you weigh in here. I think that Auburn could probably host a regional this year. Um, I, I think oh, they've sure. got the talent. They've got the returning talent, and I know you talked about Brie Ellis in a second, but and Mickey, we trust, right? <laughs> yeah. Indiana Mickey and you mentioned Briellis. She is recognized as the top 10 slugger in college softball per flow softball. And something about Briellis, she can just knock the freaking skin off of that, of a baseball. Uh, probably a softball too, actually, Dylan. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there one's yellow. One's it, white. it doesn't really matter. She probably could take in anybody 450 dead center. All the Briellis does is drop dingers. Um, and I, she was my MVP for Auburn softball last year. She's my way too early projection for MVP this year. Um, this team is, is exciting. Um, uh, it's, it's just, I feel like we say this in every sport guys, it's a freaking sludge fest to get through conference play. <laughs> every sport really. <laughs> But uh, Brie Ellis, if you're listening, uh, we have we are part of the Leor Berman fan club. We are also presidents of the uh, Brie Ellis fan club. If you'd love to be on the show someday, we will accept Bonk. it with open arms. <laughs> and now moving on <laughs> to football. Uh, the transfer portal has now closed until after spring workouts are over. So, opportunity so, quarterback. And TJ Finley is still here. <laughs> he's still around uh doing workout so it looks like Hugh Freeze is uh complicit with Robbie Ashford Holden Jariner Hank Brown baby goat all the walk-ons he's gonna bring in at some point and TJ Finley <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how it seems 
and uh, there's still a handful. There's another window, um, and we saw a handful of of, uh, of athletes. I think that we were all pretty curious about, namely from uh, the reigning national champion University of Georgia. There are three um, guys out there that I'm surprised are on teams right now. I, uh, Eric Gilbert, Dominic Blaylock, and newly into the portal, A.D. Mitchell, who is I Dominic Blaylock and A.D. Mitchell are like the Georgia one two receivers. Right. And uh, I would be curious to see where those guys wind up uh, come the spring transfer period because it's it, they did have a short turnaround there. So uh, should should be very curious. Daniel, anyone that you think could still wind up at Auburn? Any big names? Um, I don't know. Excuse I think, me, I really I think Sanders, I, the Sanders sweepstakes is over, right? I I would like this. I I would think so. Which um, means which means the Robbie Ashford hype train starts right here on the Cod Loop podcast. It didn't just start. <laughs> well, it's chugging along more than usual now. Now that all the quarterback drama is behind us, me and Tar can sleep soundly at night. For now. <laughs> For now, until the portal opens back up, and then all 25 of the quarterbacks still on the portal <laughs> start coming back around. To... I forgot the other football news. Hey, guys, A days on Easter weekend. That sucks. For you. <laughs> I live in the state. I can go to A Day and then come back to spend time with my family. Yeah. Um that sucks. <laughs> uh there'll be boots on the ground there. Uh Tar is uh to be determined, but I yeah. will be there uh there with all eighty six thousand of you because I know A Day, whenever the first year head coach, I was there with Gus Malzahn. I'm gonna be there for Hugh Freeze. Were you there but, for Brian Harson? Uh no, it was a uh, COVID year. So sure, was. Missed... sure was. You're right. All right. I missed that one. But I was I was there for Gus Malzahn's. I'm pretty sure I was there for Chiswick's. I saw Cam Newton on A-Day. It was a lovely, lovely day. I yeah. love A-Day. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Daniel, you're going to be at A-Day? Most likely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the 70-30. We'll have to see kind of vibe. Um, at some point, that one's out of the hands of me. That's, that's in the hands of Mama Tar. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll beg. Uh, but to talk about the newcomers on the planes, they all got their jersey numbers uh, a couple of days ago. And I'm going to save the one we're going to talk about for a little bit for last, just because it's wild that he got this number. Yes, but- Daniel, while he goes through these, we're going to give thumbs up and thumbs down as to whether or not they're objectively cool numbers. <laughs> well, offensive right. line recruit Clay Whedon, 76. 76 is a great O-line number. Connor Liu, 75. I'm like at 75. I- I guess if he's a center, I guess 75 is kind of a weird number. I got, yeah, I got that. Center's more of a 50s number. I, is Avion Miller 72? 72 is okay. Number. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Gunner Britton 53. I like this I, number. I love Gunner Britton, but <laughs> I think offensive tackles should be 70s. Uh, Steven Johnson, he was a defensive tackle, right? I'm starting to get my big men confused because they're all 300 pounds. 56. That was my that was my number whenever I played football. Let's go number big five six. Brayden Joyner, the big boy from Auburn High, fifty five. I like this one. Nice nice symmetry. Dylan Wade, fifty two. I got fifty two. Uh, Wilkie Denod, fifty two on the D line. Mm. Britton Williams, twenty two. He was an edge rusher. So, oh, I like that. 20. Yeah. Keldrick Fox, 15. I guess two. I guess two. Two that thumbs up. That was my up. number growing up. Edge. He's an edge rusher. 
Wearing 15 is beautiful as an edge. Sure. <laughs> That's what my uh, – you always got to give the edge rushers, like, low-digit numbers. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, 13. Rivaldo Fairweather, hey, the best receiver in the NFL right now is the number 13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Adam Callister, number 11. 11's a good number. And Tar. Tar's going to try to put up as many thumbs as he can for this one. Kyan Lee, number 3. Love it, love it, love it. Three is my new favorite number. <laughs> and then the wild one, Demario Tolan, number zero. This number is a huge W, by the way. Num- number zero, great number. And you know what's funny? We have compared him to one specific player <laughs> the entire time he's been committed to Auburn, and that is Owen Papo. Who wore 10 first. Who wore 10 first, but as soon as zero was allowed, he was the first person on this team to put on that number. And it is going to be baffling to watch him play football with number zero and be like, is that Owen Papo out there? Did he come back? <laughs> if only. If only. We have two zeros. We got double zero at the linebacker core. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and speaking of Owen Papo, some tragic news today. Not uh, tragic, but like not good. Don't make it sound like he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won't be, he will not be playing in the senior bowl due to a slap tear. In his labrum. He will not need surgery, but doctors have advised him he could further injure the shoulder if he plays. He's still expected to be a full participant at NFL Combine and the Pro Day, which yeah, should... would be somewhere in between February 28th and April 18th, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's a pretty big window. Um, shouldn't hurt his draft stock much. He should be okay. So I think yeah, he's that's still, uh... he's still a late day two, day three yeah. kind of guy. Right, but a good combine, a good pro day, could really it's gonna be a sneaky good pick from make a team very very happy. He's gonna be a great user in Madden if I ever uh, play that game again. <laughs> absolutely correct. I will buy it just for him. <laughs> but yeah, is there anything else we need to talk about? I think we're good. Daniel, tell us where we can find your stuff. Give you love. Shout you out. Um, at Daniel J Lock on Twitter and bylines on three different websites: Weagle ninety one point one FM dot com, EagleITV.com, and most recently the Opelika Observers website. Um, my debut article went up today is a interview with Ty Holder, who is a big part of Auburn's recruiting staff. So if you want to look into what goes on on the inside part of recruiting, please check it out. It was an absolute banger of an article, too. Make sure you check that out on the Opelike Observer. I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter of the College Loop of the Auburn Daily. Just depends on the day, the hat that I'm wearing. You can find my all my bylines there. Um, so, so make sure to check us out there. Check out the Auburn Daily Show. We had a banger of an episode today. Dylan, let's get out of here. My name is Dylan Lark, at your boy the tank on Twitter, and my places are about as about the same as Tarks of the Making Bacon. College <laughs> Loop and the Auburn Daily follow all the socials. And with that being said, thank y'all for listening. <laughs>